her love for the Lord Jesus Christ and how that relationship gave her energy and zest in so many ways. Those college students were very impressed with her abilities to, to serve and to go and to do, even though it was very stressful and, and very long for someone of her age. On the last day that we were there, we had time to visit some places nearby. About a two-hour trip, we went to Plovdiv, a smaller city not too far from Sofia, and we got to visit uh, the city and the many different things. We had a picture we were going to put up on the screen of that, of our senior adult team together. There they are. And you can see we're right there in the middle of the town, and we're enjoying ourselves, taking a little time of relaxation before we come back. We also visited there an, an antique theater that was built back in the early uh, 100s, the 114, 117, uh, under the emperor, Roman Emperor uh, Trajan. Uh, and that was very impressive as well. We got to see those ancient ruins that were there, not discovered until 1985. But it was something else that really grabbed my attention the most. You, perhaps you saw it on that road sign that you saw our team standing by. If you looked real close, you could see, and I think we're going to put an arrow up by this time, there in the midst of all the cities of the world that are mentioned, like St. Petersburg, Russia, we see Columbia, South Carolina. There we are, 5,300 miles away from home in a small country, in a smaller city than what we had uh, been there ministering to. And of all the places that they could put there from America, like Los Angeles or New York City, what did we see? Our hometown, Columbia. And it made us proud. But one of the things it did do, it, it spoke to my heart. The reason that sign was so much more important than those ancient ruins to me personally is because God spoke to my heart in that moment as I saw that sign thinking, what in the world is that doing there? But God spoke to my heart, and this is what he shared with me, or I believe that he spoke to my heart. Dennis, he said, this is what you have been doing all week long here in Sophia. All this ministry you've been doing to the college students all the sharing of life and love and relationship about Jesus Christ and how important that is. Now I want you to take the compassion that you have learned to have here for the millions of millions of people that are lost here in this country and take it back to Columbia, South Carolina, and you implement that same zest for life and relationship with Jesus Christ in your own home place and trust me for greater things. I can't tell you how it impacted my own personal life, and I shared that with our mission team, how important it was to realize that God is in sovereign control of all things, even a road sign that's 5,300 miles away. With excitement and expectation, our ministry team returned. We sought to plan and prepare and pray for how God would use us as senior adults here in Columbia to reach this community for Christ. And I want you to know that we're excited today about the possibilities that lie ahead because, you see, I believe that God has not only called senior adults, he's called each and every one of us that know him through faith in Jesus Christ to greatness. Now, what I mean by greatness is, is what it shares with us in Romans in chapter 8, verse 29. That Paul writes there and says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would become firstborn among many brethren. That's what I call greatness. You see, when God calls us into a right relationship with himself and he gives us the indwelling of his spirit, there is a future that lies ahead of greatness. God seeking to conform us and change us and make us into a mold that looks like Christ. That as we walk upon the earth, 
we might be able to share his love, that we might be able to share his life, and that we might be able to see a difference in the way that God implements himself in us and through us. One Old Testament character that lives such a life of seeking to glorify God, one that you perhaps haven't heard much of, his name is Shamgar. Shamgar grew up in the time of the judges, and he himself became a judge. In fact, you might have read it, but you just pass back over it so quickly you don't remember it. But it only has a couple of verses that talk about Shamgar. And I want to speak to us today about his life and how it can also encourage us. If you have your Bible with you, turn today to the Old Testament book of Judges in chapter 3. And I want to read just two verses for you, one from chapter 3, verse 31, and the other from chapter 5, verse 6. And these are the words that we read. After him came Shamgar, the son of Anath, who struck down 600 Philistines with an ox goad, and he also served, saved Israel. And then in chapter 5, verse 6, In the days of Shamgar, the son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were deserted, and travelers went by roundabout ways. You see, these are just a few short verses of Scripture that talk about this individual. But Shamgar was a man who made a difference. And as we read just now in verse 31 of chapter 3, he saved Israel. He was one person who made a difference for this whole country. Judges was a time of chaos in many ways. It was a time of chaos. It was also a time of peace. It was also a time of chaos again. And the reason it was so up and down was because God's people had turned from following him with all their heart. They had turned to other things. And as a result, their nation suffered the consequences. You and I, my friends, can look around in America today and we can see among our own society and our own communities that, that many things are hard and difficult here as well. But one person can make a difference because our relationship with God and because of our nature of being in Christ, we can find greatness in our own hearts to make a difference for our own country. I believe that and want to encourage you in that. In the time of Judges, it was very difficult because it was a, a time of relativism. In Judges, you might recall in chapter 21, verse 25, it says, it was a time when every man did what was right in his own eyes. You know, we can see today that America also fits that bill in so many ways. It was a period of difficulty because everyone was seeking to do what was right in their own eyes. But it was this one man who stood up and made a difference that he would save Israel. How in you and I can make a difference today with what we have by taking opportunities that God gives us in their roundabout. We may be going here, we may be going there, but my friends, there's one thing we can do, like Shaman or Shamgar, we can make a difference for our country. It says in verse 6 of chapter 5 that the highways were not even being used because it was such a dangerous situation. Dangerous for people to go about their normal, everyday lives, conducting business as they would like. No freedom because of the fear of the bandits that would be there or, or the gangs that would come against them. It was a time when they were living in fear and distress about the situation when all they needed to do was turn to God. You and I today can also see how those who've turned against Him or turned away from Him are suffering consequences. And people today in America are doing what's right in their own eyes. But you and I are called to follow the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength. And as we do that, I want you to understand you will experience the greatness of God working in you and through you for His glory. Well, how do we do that? By just taking what we have, by taking what we've been given and putting it to good use. Shamgar was a man, it says, that killed 600 Philistines 
with an ox goat. Now, you may be asking yourself, what in the world is an ox goat? Well, an ox goat was a, a pole or a, a stick that was about 8 or 10 foot long. And on one end, there was a sharp metal point that was there to use to, to prod and to poke the ox as a farmer might go about his business plowing the land. Or on the other end, there was a flat chisel-like metal object that was there to maybe chop roots up or to leverage some things that you might find in the field. And so we can look at Shamgar's life and we can detect that this man was probably a farmer of his day. And going about his normal day of business, whether it was just conducting normal business or whether he came under attack by small bands, it doesn't tell us. But what it does tell us in this passage of Scripture is Shamgar killed 600 Philistines, 600 enemies of Israel. Now, you and I today, if we were to look at enemies, we would want to think in a Christian context, and we know that sin, we know that death, and we know that Satan are our foe. And we know that through Jesus Christ, we have the victory. But each and every day, those enemies may come, and each and every day, we, may, we need to be prepared for what comes at us, using what God has given to us to make a difference. What has God given to us? How is it that you and I can make a difference today just being one person? Well, may I share with you today that, that God's Word is what we have? How many of you have a Bible here this morning? Will you hold it up? Just hold it up in the air. This is our training manual. This is what God has given us to look to, to be guided by, to hide in our hearts, to live out with our lives in order that we might find the blessings of God. This is our training manual. In Romans 12, 2, Paul writes and says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. You and I know that the place for us to be in every day of our life is in the middle of God's will. He says, if you will take the word of God and you will apply it to your heart and live it out through your life, you will be able to discover what is the perfect will of God, that which is good and acceptable and perfect, that which is right for every man. It's also our sword. This is a, a spiritual weapon for us to use in every day, in every situation of life. Again, Paul writes to the Ephesian believers and says in chapter 6, verse 17, so take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You see, we have something very valuable. We have something very powerful that is right in our hands. It should be in our heart and should be our minds. To be able to, for the Spirit of God to use and bring to our attention in a moment's notice for us to combat the enemies of our soul. For you see, Satan does seek to kill, kill, steal, and destroy. And if you and I are not ready for that battle, whenever it comes, we will find ourselves being defeated. But praise God, we have victory through Jesus Christ with every opportunity that comes our way. The question is, is will, we, will we take opportunity to apply the Word of God to our lives? Will we take the moment to study, to read, and to allow ourselves to apply the truth to every and any situation so that we might be able to see God be victorious in us and through us? Oftentimes, we like to make excuses. Oftentimes, we will get busy. And I, I know senior adults, we, as we get older, things change. We're, we're not as physically active as we once were because our energy levels, or perhaps we have some physical problems that come up and keep us from going and doing the things that we want to do, and that's okay. God can still use you, and God does use you in ways to reach people that you could never imagine. I remember a, a young lady, a, a young senior last year that passed away who 
had suffered uh, with lupus disease for 10 years. In the last six years of her life, she spent most of that time in a hospital bed. And I want to tell you that she witnessed to more people and saw more people come to Jesus Christ in that hospital bed than many of us who can get up and walk about every day. It's because of her commitment to the Word of God and her willingness to share it. And she often did. You and I truly can make a difference. We don't need to make excuses, but oftentimes we find that that's what happens. There is the old saying that we use sometimes when young boys like to misbehave, and we just say, well, well, boys will be boys, and we kind of use that as an excuse. But the reality is, is what we need is men who will be men and be godly men. I am so thankful for the men's ministry here at First Baptist Church and what is happening through our Real Men Discipleship Program. We're seeing men stand up to be real godly men, and we need that. We need more of that. We need our women to continue to be engaged in Bible studies and outreach in ways that will make a difference in the world around us because God has called you and I to be his disciples. He's called you and I to be those who will carry the good news of Jesus Christ not only around the world but right next door to our neighbor. And so excuses are those things in which we need to lay aside because all excuses are nails which are building houses of failure. And many times we like to use those, but it will not cause us to stand. Excuses are those things we fall back on when we know that we haven't been doing what right, what is right and what is good. And all it does is seek to build a house of cards. Our outreach and our ability to make a difference in this world today should be one without excuse because of what the Word of God tells us. We find in 2 Peter in chapter 1, verse 3, this understanding. It says, His divine power, speaking of God, His divine power has granted to us everything we need pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of Him who has called us by His own glory and excellence. Did you hear that promise that God has given to you? Did you hear the truthfulness of that word that's spoken to our hearts, that we have been given everything we need for life and godliness? That tells me that we are without excuse, each and every one of us who know Christ as Lord. To be able to go out and to make a difference and take the opportunities that God gives unto us, or even create opportunities that need to be taken. You and I can go and we can stand against the enemies of our soul, and we can, as one man, make a tremendous difference in the life of others. God has called us and destined us for a life of greatness. I think that we're so blinded by the world and we're so uh, taken uh, back by what the world has to offer that we forget that Jesus Christ is our all in all. Christians, take that promise to heart. And understand that as Paul writes in Philippians 4.13, you and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. You see, that tells us right there. We're destined for greatness. Our lives are to be lived in such a way that God is transforming us through his word that when we go out into the public, people see Christ in us, who is our hope of glory. That's who is to be seen, not myself or yourself, but Christ in us, who is our hope of glory. So how do we do that? How does it begin? By taking one step at a time. If you and I are to make a difference, if we're truly to see the opportunities that God gives to us, and if we are to take advantage of them and make a difference and not make excuses, then just take one step at a time. Oftentimes, we look at the life of Christ and we say, I can't do that. I can't be like that. And God says, oh, yes, you can. Just take one step at a time. Believe in me. Trust in me. Follow me. 
and you'll begin to see a difference in your life so much that others will come to know Christ through you. Greatness and becoming more Christ-like begins one step at a time, taking one feast of God's Word a day, taking one prayer a day, taking one opportunity to serve others in Jesus' name a day, and you will make a difference. How many of you know how to eat an elephant? One bite at a time. That, that's all it takes. I mean, you know, if you take one bite at a time, you can finish that huge meal. It's the same way with going about seeking to, to be godly in our everyday lives. We look at this overwhelming task and we recognize, I can't do that. And that's exactly what God wants you to understand. You can't live the Christian life on your own. It is in our complete dependence and other uh, yieldedness to the Spirit of God that these kind of things happen. My friend, no matter whether you're 18 or whether you're 85, Christ calls you into an intimate relationship with himself. His spirit comes to live in you and his word dwells richly in you. You can go forward and make a difference in the world in which we live. God calls us to just live our normal daily lives in dependence upon him. There is a cartoon that I saved years ago I love to save Dennis the Menace cartoons. He is my hero. And if you come into my office, you'll see hanging on the wall a picture of Dennis the Menace in a boat fishing with his dad. And the caption underneath says, are we really fishing or are we just pretending? The same thing can be said of you and I as Christians today. Are we really going out to make disciples? Or are we just pretending? Are we just spinning our wheels and looking religious? Or are we truly being transformed by the power of God's Word and the indwelling of His Spirit? Oh, my friends, you and I have only begun to taste the greatness that God seeks to live out through our lives when we yield to Him. There's another cartoon that reminds me of this day in which we're here celebrating, our Senior Adult Sunday. It's a picture of Dennis climbing a hill with Mr. Wilson, you know the adversary relationship that those two had. And of course, Mr. Wilson is huffing and puffing and doing his best to climb that hill, and Dennis is just raring to go and and just running as fast as he can. But he's looking back, and the caption underneath says, Come on, Mr. Wilson, there's plenty of good old days left. I believe that's true for you as senior adults here at First Baptist Church. There are plenty of good old days left. There is opportunity and there is great need for you to continue on a daily basis to live a life of legacy, showing a godly path for others to follow. We have young adults here. We have college students here. We have high schoolers here and grammar school students here at First Baptist. We have a wide range of family. And I want you to know, senior adults, that we are so very proud of the godliness in which you live, but there's still plenty of good old days left. And it's not time to give up now. It's not time to sit back and say, this road is too hard to travel. This problem is too big to solve. This is just too much for me to handle. I want you to know that you can do more good on your knees praying unto God than you can do doing five hours or 20 hours of any physical labor. 
because, my friends, of our prayer life and our expectation of a mighty God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think, things will change. You and I have the job of believing and obeying. You and I have the job of being responsible to glorify Him and to serve others in His name. And as we do that, you and I certainly can make a difference. Like in the days of Judges, we live in days of hardship. We live in days of difficulty here in America. Perhaps it's not as hard as it was then, but it's still difficult. Perhaps it's not as dangerous to walk the streets now as it was then, but it's still dangerous. You and I live in a fallen world, and they are looking for answers. Politically, our nation is looking for answers. Religiously, our world is looking for answers. Emotionally, our people are looking for answers. And you and I have the ability to take the opportunity that God gives us every day and the opportunities that we can create to go about showing the greatness of our God through the way that we live. You and I do not need to any longer make any excuses about why we cannot because we're so busy, because nothing is more important than an eternal life, the salvation of one's soul. Each one of us has potential to impact families in our community, in our nation, for the good of others and for the glory of God. Will you take up the ox goad? Will you take what God has put in your hands and put it to use? What is it? It may be that you have a love for students. It may be that you have a love for automobiles, and through that uh, interaction you can contact a lot of people and bring a lot of help. Perhaps it's just the fact that you love to bless your neighbors with a, a plate of brownies or cookies that you have baked. Whatever it is, God has placed something in your hands to be used. Now I want to challenge you to put it to use. For there are many enemies of our soul, and the destruction is great. But greater is he that is in you than he that is of the world. We have an opportunity to show greatness, not because of our own doing, but because of the Holy Spirit that dwells within us, and because of God's plan to transform us into the image of his Son. Will you join and will you give of yourself starting today to let Christ live in you richly? My friends, there's no better way to make a difference. Father, in the name of Jesus, how we come looking to you today with thanksgiving for all the years of blessing that you have placed upon our life. You have transformed us through the power of the indwelling of your spirit. You have brought us to faith because of the word that we have received and you have changed us. You've blessed us. You've given us eternal life. Oh, how, Father, we want to be more like Jesus. So move within our hearts today. Help us to recognize that you have called us to this lofty position and that you indeed have given us everything we need for life and godliness. May it be that our lives are lived for your glory in the service of others' good as we walk from this day forth and forevermore. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. In just a few moments, uh, I want to ask you to respond to this challenge today. Whether you're a senior adult or whether you're a teenager, it makes no difference. The message still applies to us all. God is able. Will you trust Him?
God is able to save your soul if you've never come to know God through faith in Jesus Christ. Today is a day to begin. He wants to bless you more than you can ever imagine with the indwelling of His presence and forgiveness. He wants to bring you into a position of greatness and eternal life. What are we holding back? What excuses are we using? Let there be none. Like Shamgar, let us look and see what's in our hands and put it to use for His glory. Dr. Estep will be down here as well as the other staff. If you've never come to know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, know that He's just asking you to repent from sin and to turn to Him in faith and say, Lord, trust yourself unto me. Forgive me and make me whole. If you're looking for a church home, need a place to serve, need a place that you can grow, you'll not find a better place than First Baptist Church Columbia. I want to ask you, is this time of invitation? Come down. Let it be known. Pray and give yourself wholeheartedly to God. And let's together look at Him doing greater things still. Will you stand with me as we finish?